And welcome to Britpop Banter, episode four. Episode four? Episode four. <laughs> Boom. And first one of 2019. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> uh, it's actually got hotter since the last time we caught up. It is insane over here at the moment. You are not sunburnt, which is good. Well no, done. Thank you very much. You've not been out in the sun that much, or you've just oh. been using suntan lotion? Uh, out in the sun, using suntan lotion, like the sensible... Adult, I should be. <laughs> well said. Thank you. Um, this is episode four. Um, on Twitter, you can grab us at Britpop Banter uh, or Facebook, or just email us BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Just any questions, any feedback, thoughts, what about some of the stuff we've covered so far? Um, we are hoping to have enough stuff to, to sort of go through and ask us anything and sort of talk about some of your quotes and moments. So please send through as much as you can. Uh, we'll hopefully put aside um, some time to go through that. Um, usual disclaimer, all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate the talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Uh, wrapping up last week, it was Dubstar, um, Disgraceful. You've had some t- time to sort of mull over that. How you how you feeling about that? Yeah, I feel good about it. I feel um, I do like I feel really good. It was in the top fifty. Good, I'm glad. Like I do, I feel they deserve it. Yeah. Um, it was a good album. I like I said, I like their new album. Yeah. I was struggling with the Britpop thing, but I do think you did a good job at clarifying that. Yes. Um some degree you are but then I still think it's oh here we go again I can see we've done so well I thought I'd converted you and I can see your face and you're like I'm going on no I I, do you know why I think if I was allowed to have Screamadelica then you should be allowed to have a dubstar dubstar. okay and it's not that I dislike the album it was just always I wondered in terms of genre yeah okay that's fair but it was actually great to listen to it again yeah and it's funny, I say the same thing about the, the Screamadelica, that I really enjoyed talking about that. Mm. And so I think as long as we uh, have a really good conversation around it, we enjoy some things on an album that maybe the other person doesn't, um, it makes for a good conversation. And that leads us to sort of this week's, which I'm really excited about because I don't know if it's going to be in many people's top 50. I can, you can argue Screamadelica, you can argue Dubstar, but I think this one maybe has took some people from out of left field. I don't think the band has. No, I agree. The band definitely hasn't. People will expect James to be in the top 50 when you talk about Britpop. They're pretty synonymous, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, however, I think this album, Millionaire's album, mm-hmm. is probably critically the least... Yeah. Um, liked yeah. album. Yeah. Um, you you look. Oh, into I don't know the, if it's their least liked. I don't think by the critics. I mean, so like when yeah. you look at all the ratings and the way that people talk about it, people weren't the articles I've read in terms of the reviews of this album. They weren't. They're not. They're not bad, but they're not great. They're not saying, "Oh, this is their best album." It's no, like mm, it's an okay that. album. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mention that because, and and we'll talk about the album itself. But this came off the back of their best of. So I think they wanted to release a new album exactly a year later to their best of 
which you know and, and i'll read through some of the tracks and they, they were huge and you know they're anthems and then a year it was, it was a bit later than that they released this album and i kind of think it, it's not what people expected mm. i don't know i just i think that's why the critics weren't necessarily big fans of it because it was so different but on the flip side, it's why I like it so much because it's a it's a different album, and the anthems are not your typical pub disco anthems. No, but they're great songs. And it's probably why I also like it. Um, we'll probably take a bit of heat for having this oh, James by album. Far. <laughs> um, I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable. I feel like I'll take a heat for a lot of things that I say in this podcast. Yeah. But um, I feel. Yes, people are going to assume it's all the, you know, earlier James albums. But to be honest, this one's my favourite. Good. I 100% agree with you. So I'm, I'm happy on that. We, we agree. On, oh, a James, wow. on a James album. On a James oh, album. Oh, my God. We would I, never yeah, have got this when we were 16. I, no, we never would have. Maybe uh, it's the start of a new year. Maybe it's our new re- year's hey, resolution. Good point. Uh, Can we be nice to each other for 45 minutes? I think on this one maybe we will. Yeah, well. Um, but I I know what's coming down the pipeline in 2019, and uh, <laughs> it's it's not going to be this way for long. Um, all right, so we had some homework. Actually, we only had a couple of bits of pieces of homework. Um, I did it. I did. Okay. All right. All right. What was your homework first of Why all? Why do you always look at me like so distrusting? <laughs> this isn't school, you know. <laughs> Well, I never it's, did it's, my homework. It's very, very similar. We're sitting across the table from each other. You're sneaking looks at my notes. How is that not different from school? Oh, it brings back memories. <laughs> <laughs> or Kev just doing my homework for me. Yes, yes. But you didn't have to this time. No. Well I had done. to listen to Paul Draper's album. Okay, Spooky Action. Spooky Action. Which I, if I remember right, going to, uh, I think, two, two episodes ago. Oh God, we're now losing track. That's great. Um, I talked about the albums that were released in the last year. Spooky Action obviously came up. Um, I think I gave it a nine. I'm pretty... It didn't get... A my, nine? It's... You know what? But when you're a Manson fan, like I am, and you get the greatness of Attack of the Grey Lanterns, and then you go into Six and Little Kicks, and then you get a little bit of a pick-me-up with Kleptomaniac, uh, and then nothing. Absolutely zero. And then you get this album, Jumping for Joy. And so what do you what do you think of the album? What do you think I thought of the album? I'll guarantee you give it a six point five. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I gave it a seven. I'll take that. I think oh I think why, it's a good why, album. Why'd you give it a seven? So I gave it a seven because I am a Manson fan. Okay. Not as much as you. No. Um I love Attack of the Grey Lantern. Mm-hmm. Not really a fan of the other albums. Mm. Um, there are a there are a lot of Manson-esque songs in Absolutely. this album, which Absolutely. is to be expected. Yeah, um, and it's a really I enjoyed it. It's a good listen. Okay, it's, it's not spectacular. It's not Attack of the Grey Lantern. Okay, we've talked through my rating scale. That means I feel like it's a good, it's a good album. album. Good, not great. It's a good, solid album. I feel I need to give it another couple of listens. So I've only had the chance to listen to it once yeah. properly, second time in the car, sort of skipping through the tracks. But yeah. from what I heard... You liked it. Mm. You know what, I think that's, that's a good point as well because I haven't probably given it the listens that 
I normally would. You imagine if, if you'd have told me, you know, Manson's going to release another album, I would have been all over that. And it would have been on repeat non-stop. You've been busy, mate. You've had 184 albums to listen to. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly my point, is I've had other stuff to... As well as a job, I've had other stuff to do. That's a lot. I know. So um, I need to... I think you're right. I think I need to go back and re-listen to it. But you know what? It's, it's a great album. And it's so good to hear... Paul Draper and his Manson sound again because it's just it just brings back so many fond memories for me. Very Manson-esque, the guitars, the like you can hear the that. drum beats mm, as well. Yeah. Um, you know what? And I hope we get to talk to Manson again because I'd love to talk about you know my love for them and how they broke my heart a little bit um, oh, after attack. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. So we will. Did you get that same reaction when Simply Red broke up? Had to bring it up, didn't you? You can let it go. <laughs> uh, I think Mick's still going. I think he's still yeah, touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the Opera House uh, a couple of years ago. Didn't go. Did you enjoy it? Devastated. <laughs> Devastated. I wish. I, I think it was out of the country, but I wish I'd gone. It looked amazing. Um, right. So I had the homework as well of this band that you gave me. Band? Oh, Would you wait. call them a band? What Just him and yeah. Anthony and the Johnsons. Well, this album. So is it him? Yeah, it's him. But he's got a lot of other people, like guest appearances on the album. So remember when I said it won the Mercury Music Prize? That's why I bought it. Yeah. So and I couldn't remember the year. So it was two thousand and five when it won it. Yeah. Um, and then when I looked into, you know, a bit more into the album. Yeah. There are some heavy hitters who guest star in that album. So go on. You've got um, Boy George. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Lou Reed. Lou Reed. That was right. Yeah. And who was the other one? I've forgotten. Great. Let that come to you. Yes. I didn't get that far. So I didn't get that far in the album. It's not. And I want to be really polite in what I say here. It's not my cup of tea. And I probably need to go back and and re-listen. Um, uh, to be fair, I don't know if I'm going to. I've got to be honest, I don't know if I'd probably listen to it again. His vocals are extremely unique. Um, and it just it just wasn't my cup of tea, unfortunately. Really? Yeah, and I'm surprised you went out. But you, you said you hadn't listened to the album no, yet. No, I hadn't. Look, look, so the first song on the album, I had, I really liked it. What was that called again? Because... I, while you dig into that, that was the one that I sort of went, oh, this isn't... Hope there's someone. That's the one. Hope there's someone who'll take care of me. Is it not hope there's someone that will listen to this song? Wow. It's, it's, sorry. I'm I'm trying, I said I'd stand on the fence. The the album's not not for me. And it's very rare and quite... I knew it wouldn't be. And I wish I could have been there to watch your face when you first put it on. Because for me... (laughs) That would have been, um, well, I think it would have made the whole two thousand for me. See this? This is what you would have saw. Yeah. You know that head and hands that only you seem to do. <laughs> That's what that album made me do. Um, Rufus Wainwright was the other person on the album. That was right. Right. Okay. Um, I, it reminded me sometimes of that. You know when Tom York does his really out there. Mm. It reminded me of of that. Quality of, of song, 
but even it just it wasn't for me and some of the the lyrics were a bit out there and I, I don't know just his vocals were really strong over the music which is obviously to drive those home and I just I just I'm sorry out of 10 no I, I, I couldn't give it a, a rating because to be fair I haven't listened to it all the way through so I think and, so and, that what does that tell me that tells me what's his name Bardman Kevin hasn't what's done his, his homework Bardman no Anthony, Anthony Bardman. And the Johnsons what's it's the Bardman no nothing it's called I am a bird now Oh, you know what it reminded me of? <laughs> the movie Birdman. Oh, what? Which, well, yeah, well, it won the Oscar. Just like your man won the Mercury Prize Award. Love an Oscar winning movie. You do? Do you like that movie? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> this, to me, it just, it reeked of it. I just was like, I don't, I don't get this. Why, why did it win an award? I'm missing it. Uh, and the same thing, Birdman... I'm sure I'll never watch it again. I'll never. I, the only I'll, thing they've got in common is the word bird. Yep. Both won an award that I, don't, that I don't understand. Okay. There you go, point number two. Um, so those were the two bits of homework. Yeah, which I did mine. Kev didn't do his. That's a bit embarrassing. Oh, come on, you threw me that. That's. You knew. You knew <laughs> <laughs> that I would listen to that and I'd go, I can't do it. Did you get past track three? Uh, which one was track three? Was. No, um, no. See, I, I don't think I didn't think you would. I I got I know I got past track one because I skipped it halfway through, and then that's when I saw. So I apologize. I this is on me. I apologize to everyone who has ever liked this album. Right? That's obviously American Prize Award winner. Are you going to say sorry winner. to me? Uh, no, because you made me listen to this, and you know what I like, and you threw me this. Why would I? But you thought, said you were going to apologize to anyone who's listened to the album. I. Oh. No, okay. not doing it, not doing it. You knew exactly what you were throwing me into. I know, it was brilliant. Um, all right, uh, anything else from the sort of last week you want to discuss? I don't think we had too many pieces of homework. Anything that you found out? or did... there were, Well, there was a couple of things that I wanted to mention. Right. So, at the very first episode, I talked about potentially the political climate being the issue in terms of Britpop. To which you did that face and you sighed because you didn't want to talk about it. But you know why? And I, you... Because I think I'm on to something. Okay. I thought we, I thought you'd forgotten about it. I haven't <laughs> forgotten about it. Why would I forget about because it? Because we got through Dubstar without a mention of, of politics at all, to be honest. And I thought, yeah. we are cruising now. She's forgotten all about it. Um, but you love your politics. You love uh, the news and current affairs. What? Please enlighten me. What did you find out? Well, I found out quite a bit. Oh, go on. So two, so two. How are you going to read your handwriting? Huh? Is that that? No, because I've got it in my head. Okay, go. This is um, and my handwriting is very easy. I'm going to take a picture of <laughs> what you put up versus what I put up. Right. So we we're going to go into the next topic after Les has, has gone through her her political rant. Um, of you know we throw the one liner out about you know a band right and. I'll show you what Les comes prepared with versus what I do. <laughs> and you've got to knock... You knock Excel, maybe you should take a beginner's course because I don't know how you, how you do this. Don't even use Word, Kev. You're, you're a professional as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so take me through. Go on, what did you find out? So when we spoke initially around the whole Britpop thing and I said, I think it's because... You was know, what was the political one, yeah. climate at that particular time? I'd be keen to know. So, I did a little bit of research. Good on you. In the early 90s, mm -hmm. we were coming out at the back end of a very long rule from a Tory government. Okay. So, we had Margaret Thatcher. Yes. 
Then we'd come out. Then there was John Major. Yep. There was a recession in the early 90s, mm-hmm. which then led to the rise of New Labour. Right, gotcha. Led yep. by Tory Blair. Yep, yep, yep. One article I read in The Guardian mentioned the fact that it's a conspiracy theory. Britpop was, like, completely made up by New Labour to get that point across because Damon, Alb- Damon Albarn, Noel Gallagher were going round to number 10 for cups of tea. Were they? They did. Not a conspiracy theory. But wouldn't you? If you were a band and the, and the Prime Minister invited you around for a cuppa, wouldn't you go? I'd go. I'd go. 100%. I'd, yeah. But is that... So they are saying that it was a... So what's the conspiracy? New Labour, new music? New Labour, new together? music. Yeah. Well, because I think they were saying that the message they were trying to get across is, you know, you would we come from a very, um, you know, a tough few years in terms of... Yeah, okay, a Tory government, depends that. how you're politically swayed, I suppose. Of course. And New Labour were coming in and they were this, there was a change in the air. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think back, Labour's theme tune at that particular time were Things Can Only Get Better oh, by Dream. Dream. Yes. I remember that. And yeah, of course. And that's what the whole theme was about. So I had touched upon the fact oh, that Britpop came what out. A crap, if, if the, what a crap political message. Things can only get better. Vote for me. To be fair, if you've just come out of the back end of Tory rule, probably that's, is. That's a fair message, all right. Um, God, Dereem. Did you own their albums? No, Kev. No, I don't Please think tell I, me you did. No, I don't think I got okay, into the D-Ream. But they were huge back then. Yeah, well, just day. that song, I suppose. No, they had a few belters. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, so you've come out of the back of that. Things can only get better. Okay. And so then you have this, I guess, music, like, musical movement in terms of Britpop which like I said before was about people having a go it was uplifting it yeah, was upbeat okay. um, and I feel I don't I, I don't believe in the, the article that I'd read in the Guardian in terms of the fact that it was a abomination an abomination or a political conspiracy that's Michael Hall again that's um, his, I forgot his Twitter handle at Michael Hall he's very he's got his opinions about Britpop he, he really does, does. He he's not rip. a fan no, he he's not a rip. fan Um um, he actually um, wrote an article recently about. Um, oh, is he on the bandwagon again? Is he? What's he yeah, doing saying that did Britpop cause Brexit, and he kicks off about that, and we can touch upon that in a minute. Because my point was, How? it's a political. Was it a, like was it a musical movement? Political movement, um, and then he's saying it's a conspiracy. But then I've dug into a little bit more, and I found another article, um, and it. Mentions that um, festival you mentioned, so Cool Britannia. Oh, that yeah, okay. And how all of a sudden there's this huge appetite for reformed nineties bands, and especially within that Britpop. Yeah, we talked about that, yeah. In the Britpop stage, and they're talking about. I think there was a big demand for Top Loader to reform. There was not. No, there was never. I don't care what was politically happening. Actually, we've gone a few episodes without you ranting about Top Loader. Let's skip on. Skip on. (laughs) Um, But. He talks about it, right? So he mentioned it, and I th- I feel kind of indicated in the fact that I've read this because this is this was my point, which I probably didn't articulate the best in the so first. This isn't Michael Holdo, is it? No, a different film. Right, okay, good. Alexis Pedridis. Oh, okay. um, cool. He said that you know, Britpop had its own brand of revivalism. Okay. Um, because basically it was a grab bag of historical influences from the mid '60s rock glam and new wave, and we touched upon yeah, we that. We did. We did. Yeah. Um. And it was, but it, and it certainly wasn't a product of the early years of New Labour, yep. as he was saying. Yep. It was literally um, 
a product of the early 90s recession, which was a time of mass unemployment. Students were getting into debt. It was the introduction of student loans. Oh. Um, okay. And so then people jumped on the bandwagon of this whole, um, I guess, musical movement. Yeah. Which I think is what I was trying to articulate before. Now when we think about why are they going back to it, they are the same people. That's us now between the ages of, say, 35 to 50. Yeah. They're looking for something that feels a bit safe. Because okay. right now we're going through this whole political landscape again with Brexit. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit, there's you know, there's a bit of turmoil in the UK. What yeah. you know, it's it's, yeah. it's of the same nature. Yeah. And so, to me, it makes pe- makes sense to me that now, people who are confronted again with changing times, mm-hmm. such as Brexit, mm-hmm. um, social and economic changes, and all. And the reality of what's going to happen in the next couple of years, mm. well, you begin to reach for what you know. So then there's been this revival in 90s music. Okay. Um, he went on to write another interesting point, which isn't so much political, it's kind of more a social comment. And he said, talked about a professor at Solent University, a guy by the name of Martin James. Okay. Um, he said that, he finds a lot of new students at the moment are really enthralled by that era. So you've got these 70 to 20-year-olds who are really eager to distinguish themselves from the, I guess, the Instagram, YouTuber, manufactured pop type um, environment. And they're looking for something that seems real and authentic. So that's why as well, when you, it's not just us buying those albums. Yeah. There's actually another pocket of the younger generation buying the albums because they want something that seems a bit real. Ah, okay. So I found all that really interesting, and I feel like um, I was onto something. I'm going to dig a bit deeper. <laughs> you love your political. It's landscape. not a fully formed argument yet, but I think I'm getting there. Yeah, okay. Well, continue doing it because I, I. This is something I'm not going into. This is your baby. You love digging into this. Um, I tell you what, the Garden Guardian are very vocal. Uh, mm. And it's funny you've got Alexis and you've got who did I say Michael, Michael Hall? Yeah. They've got two very different opinions and they yeah. work for the same paper, I think. Yeah, but I think that's great because you need that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Next uh, week we'll touch upon the other article I find about did Britpop cause Brexit because that's an interesting conversation too. But it will take too long for this one. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I generally I find it really interesting and um, you got a great way of explaining it. So if you can sort of take me through it, yeah, I will do. I will. Educate me on this, okay? Um, so, anything else you want to add? We can get on to the bands? Yes. No, the fun bit. And oh, it's wait, my it's turn. Your turn. It's not my turn. Boom. All right, so what are we doing? So, this is one of my favourite parts of our podcast. So I feel like you want a jingle or something here. I want a jingle. No, can we're you not... make a jingle? No. Me? There's going to be a jingle. I'm not making a jingle. Uh, there'll be a jingle soon. Next week there'll be a jingle. No, I'm not making a jingle. No, mm. I'm not. If you want to create a jingle for this, what should we call this segment? Because it doesn't seem to go away. Britpop one-liners. Brilliant. Okay. Who came up with the name for this podcast? Not you. So that's... Uh, what? If, oh, <laughs> it was me. I came up with banter. I you, was calling it beers, Britpop and banter. You just took out the beer. Yeah, whatever. Thanks. Right, go on. Um, what have we got? So Britpop one-liners is the name of this segment. Yep. And so we had 66 bands that we reviewed. Yep. We're going to give each person each week 
three bands. You don't need to explain the rules. People have got to buy that. Go. And you've got to give me a one-liner. So The one-liner turns into a bit of a story. But, well, that's, that's but um, Go. now it's my turn. Okay, I'm excited. <clears throat> you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. One. Are you using your notes or are you using my Excel spreadsheet? Which well, one you, you just using? gave me it. I think my notes are down. They're filed away in my filing system. <laughs> Um, yeah, right. Go on. Okay. Go. Reef. Oh. Really like Reef. Uh, I know some people don't like them. And if you can get past the song, place your hands. They have some brilliant songs. Glow is one of my probably top five uh, Britpop albums of all time. Consideration. Wow. What a song. Could move me. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful song. Uh, and if you continue, Reef Getaways was a great album, and I can't remember what their latest album was. Um, begins with an R, I can't remember, but I talked about it in episode one. Good album as well. So, Reef, two thumbs up, big fan. Reef, two thumbs down, won't be in the top five. <laughs> 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 mm, so you think. Uh, oh. I've given them a 12. I've <laughs> given them a 12, probably have. <laughs> I'm in charge of the ratings. Otters. Uh, Apparently they created Britpop. Yeah, I did. Alongside Suede. I did, you but know not what? the Stone Roses. It's a very good point because uh, depending on who you talk to and we... Is it Otters? Otters? How do you say it? Otters? I don't or know. Or just awful? Just, no, they're not, just they're, look, awful. They're not, they're not awful. Um, I've never listened to them before and so my first listen to these guys was, was through this exercise and when I the first album and it's slipped my head what the name of it is I actually didn't mind um, what I look they're not for me I can see why people like them average average I think average that's, otters and, average otters and if my ratings for them are average I'm sorry guys not not for me nothing's to do that okay last one. Oh, that was bad I feel bad about that one you're oh, why why Oh, oh Mr. Was... I'm going to sit on the phone. I'm trying to go, but you've oh, gone. Um, what have you got? Radiohead. Wow. Uh, He's getting teary. No, I'm not. I just, I just think about where I started with them with Pablo Honey, and then uh, tears. moved into the bands, and then OK Computer, um, and then they lost me. I think because of the because even when you just look at those three albums themselves, they're completely different albums from each other. And then uh, you throw in what's the album with Kid A on it, or is that is the that album? That is the album. Okay. Um, when you get to that album, it's just so bizarre. And don't get me wrong, there's some great great tracks on there, but for me, it just it's too too out there. Whereas the other three albums all have good songs on them. So I've got a weird love affair with Radiohead. I know. I can see it in your eyes. I wouldn't. Uh, their new stuff. I, I, whenever they release a new album, I will go and listen to it, and then I'll walk away again. What about the In Rainbows one? Did you listen to that? I did. Wasn't bad. Didn't go back to. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of people who who are the opposite end of me and actually don't like the earlier albums. And I can probably see why people because stay different. away from a OK Computer because, I mean, I I personally love the bands. I can see why people. Um, like OK Computer over the bands, but I can also see the opposite. The OK Computer was, you know, pushed down your throats to to some degree. Um, that people went the opposite way and went, oh, I hate that album and I hate Radiohead. Um, I don't. 
you know, and then I see Tom York. Um, he just did a soundtrack for a movie just recently, and um, I've seen him sitting in front of a piano, just gorgeous, beautiful music. I don't know, I've just got a weird, my one-liner, weird love affair with Radiohead. Pretty much sums it up. What do you, what do you think? I, I love, I'm the same as you, right? So I like Pablo Honey, love the bands. Love the bands. Like, love. Guarantee you now I'd given that over way over a seven. Um, well, who knows? Uh, I love, I love OK Computer. Okay. Kiddy, I didn't mind. Okay. Um, couple of good tracks on that and to be honest I really haven't even listened to the rest like I've well I have but I've given it a quick listen and I've not really it's not grabbed me so I haven't gone back to it yeah yeah and if they released another album now I probably wouldn't run to it okay okay I wonder what they're like live now I wonder what their set list is live now I wonder what they decide to play they're it's one of the bands that I wish I'd seen live I haven't I've seen them live um at the and it was I think it was probably around that kid a time when they were touring Australia, I saw them, and they were, and this is this is. I remember because I had seen. I went with a friend. He he, he had a uh, an extra ticket for me, and we were in the seats, and I was angry that we were in the seats. I'm like, why would I be stand, sitting down for yeah, Radiohead? Yeah. But they came out on stage and they played a couple of two Qatari ones, and then he went straight into his sort of slightly weirder Radiohead, and I sort of went. The audience don't know what to do with themselves. Like that sort of weird... You can't um, yeah. sing. No, you can't sing. You can't, you can't move. Yeah. And I think I sort of sat back and I went, I'm actually kind of glad I got a seat because I, I don't know what I would do and my back would probably be hurting or, you know, I don't, <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? It just, it's, a, it, it, when it gets to that, it's a bit weird. Um, that's three. That's three. Okay, thank you. Good. That was good. That was good. All right, let's get on to this week's album. So, uh, James Millionaires. Uh, do you know what? Do you remember what the album cover looks like? It's got a pig on it. Wearing a tie, bow tie. No, it's wearing a beautiful necklace. Like it's. Oh, why did I think it was a bow tie? That's sticks in my head. I, I couldn't. I couldn't find out anything on this album. Why it's the? I'm guessing millionaires, pig and swine kind of thing. Doesn't think all millionaires are pigs. I, I don't know. I, I I tried to go like, what does the album cover mean? And I couldn't find much on it so if you know the answer to this and I'm reaching and they just like pigs uh, with and they've dressed it up let me know um, so this album it's a bit of a curveball it was released on the 13th of October 1999 it is their 8th album uh, their previous album was Whiplash in 1997 uh, that had She's a Star you're not going to sing that She's a Star perfect no. beautiful there yeah. you go yeah. Uh, what followed it? Uh, Pleased to meet you in 2001. Uh, came after it. Um, the label was uh, Mercury, uh, distributed by Virgin and EMI Records. The producer was Brian Eno. Was it really? It was, yes. Um, mm. And I'll talk about him in a second. Uh, 12 tracks, 51 minutes. So it's in sort of in between uh, middle range. Chart position number two. Really? Are you surprised? By, you look surprised by that. Why are I you surprised? I am surprised by that. Um, because my theory is... <laughs> oh, well, this I, is our eighth album, remember? That's what I mean. So my theory normally are. is, it's like, well, you buy the first one, then the second one goes, and then sometimes they fade away. Yeah. And if, and also to your point, if they drill... Well, do you know, actually, no, it doesn't. My theory stands. Because if they're, <laughs> if they're no, because if their album previous was their best of... It was. 
People would have gone out and bought the best of. Yes. And then they'd have gone, oh, I love James. Wonder when they'll release a new album. Boom. Bang. Out comes Millionaires. And off they trot to buy it. Good Get point. the trot. Pig. Good point. Oh, they trot the pig. Boom. <sighs> Christ. All right. <laughs> so it was in the charts for 16 weeks, which isn't a long time for an album. Um, and I think it's because a lot of their singles didn't do very well. No. And I'll take you through those and I'll give you my thoughts on them. Um, but this is my favourite section because I re- you don't know this I read out the top 10 singles and albums at that time yeah. and you have no idea what's going on so it's, uh, it's my favourite I don't often do okay so you ready do you want to yep. go we'll go to the top 10 albums yep oh can I guess so this is 1999 1999 uh, what am I looking at October 1999 October's a theme here is this when bands bring out their albums that get to that we like because last time it was October, Dubstar was in. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, reaching again. Uh, um, October 99, mm-hmm. I would have been 18. Okay. Good to know. It's <laughs> of no relevance. <laughs> Not at all. I'm just trying to think about it. <laughs> Go oh. Can I give you a hint? Can you give me a genre of what the number one album was? Uh, it's a hard, poppy stroke... Country and female. Oh, and I know who you're going to say, and it's not her. Leanne Rhymes. No, it's close though. Not Shania Twain. I hate that album. I hate that album. (laughs) Oh, I'd have given that minus five. It's horrible. All right, so. Oh, I do. That reminds me when we used to go. Amazing that I could just go, what, five chords? Bang. You know who it is. Unfortunately, yes. All right, so number 10. You got ABBA's greatest hits. <laughs> oh God! Uh, the Sting, Brand New Day. N- no, nothing. nothing. You're biting your tongue. But we have a Britpop band here. We have the Stereophonics, Performance and Cocktails. Was that then? Yeah. So Was that it as late as that. So that did go to number one, and it's been uh, 32 weeks uh, in the charts in the top 100. I'm assuming we'll talk about Stereophonics in this. Maybe. Okay. Uh, number seven, we talked about them last week, the Pet Shop Boys with Nightlife. No comment again. None. Number six, oh, you like this, Macy Gray uh, on How Life Is. No. I try to walk away. <laughs> what, about, to walk away but what, about side, what about the Macy Gray um, two songs on Fat Boy Slim's album, Halfway Between the Gutter and Stars? Would you think, nah, he's nah. still he's still not Nothing. a fan? No. Nah. Right, okay. Uh, number five, you've had this in spades, this album and singles, S Club, S Club 7. Don't be a loser. You used to bang on about I this. I hate <laughs> S Club 7. Oh, you're going to punch me. Uh, number four, The Man Who by Travis. Number great, four. Yeah, great Yeah, it did, it did get to number one. Great album. Number three, Tom Jones, Reload. <laughs> that's not the album that had... I'm horny, horny, horny. Was it? Because that's it, when he did that, wasn't I it? I think it was. That was with uh, Miss T, wasn't it? Yeah, Miss T. That was big. Remember that? Yeah. Big. Uh, so number two was James. So that was where James came into the charts with Millionaires. And then you got Coming Over by Shania Twain. And I have no idea if that bang, bang, if it was on that album. That's it all was. I know about Shania Twain. Um, also, that to me, I mean, where's the competition in that top ten? Well, the Phonics had already been... Are we talking about Britpop bands? Just any. Oh, any competition. Um, 
you will see as we sort of go through this and I talk about more about albums between 93 to 96 75% of the top 10 in singles and albums is Britpop as you go to the end of the decade it's sparse it's rare pickings for um for Britpop bands uh, I don't think I had any of those I had The Man Who I had The Man Who uh, and Performance and Cocktails I had I didn't you didn't have version. that? No. And I remember... <coughs> had the there was a lot of and the people. Thief. That was yeah. brilliant. No, I didn't, didn't. Yeah, that was the punchy first song. But it had the one that I can't stand. Which one? And we'll probably talk about it when we talk about um, stereophonics. Handbags and glad rags. Hideous. Oh, I can't remember how that goes. It's a Rod Stewart song, but it's hideous. You used to wind me up. Stop, stop, stop. No one. That's not even singing. That's just you. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Handbags and the glad rags. Okay, cool. You ready for the singles? Yep. Uh, oh. Okay. Number 10. <laughs> Man, I feel like a woman, Shania Twain. Oh. Right? Yep. Oh, and you just sang it. Number 9, Macy Gray, I try. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, number 8, Bewitched, Jesse, hold on. So this is by the end of the 90s. What is that? Bewitched. You know who Bewitched were. They were like a teeny bopper band. Were they? Yeah. Um, Funny how he knows that everybody. No, well, anyway. But this is this is the as you go into the 90s, more boy and girl bands, and that's when they started to come massive, oh, right? Yeah. Um, Never let you down by the Honeys. That's another one. What's that? I I, I don't know. I recognise the name. That's it. Uh, going underground, stroke carnation by Buffalo Tom <laughs> Gallagher and Craddock. <laughs> What is that? I don't know what that is. If you know what that is, let us know. Steps after the love is gone. See what I mean? See oh. what I mean? Uh, Blue by iPhone 65. You know what I love about Blue is the fact that it's not just called Blue, it's brackets. Da ba dee. That's just, yeah. Why would you need the brackets? that's what the song is. Because that makes you go to... Uh, number three, ATB Don't Stop. No. No. What you did you have this? No, I used. But who didn't love ATV? Nine PM till I come. Yeah, exactly. I don't remember what "Don't Stop." "Don't Stop" probably sounds exactly the same. Wait, wait, right? Uh, Oh, number two, two times by Anne Lee. Two times. (laughs) (laughs) And then number one. Is Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera. Love it. Did you have I'm that? A genie in a bottle. Stop dancing. Yeah, I did. I bet you did actually have that on single. I did. I'm comfortable with that. Why are you, why, why are you like, I don't care, I had it. Don't and then know. you're, you're driving this chart. Bottle, right. So that was, you can see that sort of, the singles are a mess, aren't they? The mm. singles chart is a mess. Horrible. I mean, where's the, the sort of songwriting and quality music in, in that? Uh, there's not. Blue, that baby. Horrible. Hor- in that two times thing. Far out. Anyway, let's get on to why we're here. We're here to talk about James. Let's get past That's a horrendous chart. I wasn't there for that, so I can't be blamed for that. Um, so, James, do you know how long they've been around? Guess. Okay, let me guess. 20, what, 25 years? No. So they formed in... Well, you're kind of close. They formed in 1982. Wow. I can see you doing the maths. It's a long time, right? I'll be here for a while. <laughs> um, they've gone through lots of different band members. 
Um, but and I'll go through what they had for for the Millionaires album. They released their first album in 1986. It was called Stutter. And according to Wikipedia, they've had 15 members through those years. That's a lot. 15? 15 members of the band. Who, who are they, do you know who the original ones are? Like, is there anyone? Uh, who's, who's the constant? Oh, Tim Booth on vocals, yeah. right? Um, but is that it? No, I'm sure there's more. All I, all I thought, and this is my bad, all I sort of looked at was who was on the Millionaire's album. So they had Jim Glennie in, on bass guitar, Tim Booth on vocals, Adrian uh, Oxall on lead guitar, David Benton Power on drums, Sal Davies on rhythm guitar, Mark Hunter on keyboards, and Andy Diagram, trumpet and percussion. Diagram? What a great name. Andy Diagram. Brilliant. You'd love that. Oh, brilliant name. Um, so look, the, the, they obviously were huge, uh, specifically in the early 90s. Um, worth a mention is the album that they did called Wawa. Did you listen to that? Horrible. It was, what the hell was that? That was horrible. I've put terrible experimental nonsense with, you know, 23 word song, weird songs. Only Tomorrow was good, right? And they put that onto the Whiplash album. What was the point? I'd love to know. if you if, And this is a genuine question, and I know that me and you, well, I try and stay on the fence. You don't. I'm not on the fence. You're not on the fence. If you like that album, I want you to email us. I want you to own it. And tell us what we missed. Because I listened to that and I was like, how did this even get made? I get it. If you had to make that album, if you had to do all the sessions to get Tomorrow out of it, now Tomorrow's a good song. But to produce the album, weird. Weird. You'd have to be a hardcore James fan to like that. Are we going to talk about the fact of why it's not Whiplash? Go on. And it's Millionaire Because I know a lot of people are going to think about though, like That album They're going to think about all the other tracks And yep. they're going to go really yep. Why are we not talking about classic James Because it's not classic James It's not classic James If you think of James You're not going to think of any of the songs That are on the Millionaire's album That's a good And point. I get that Yeah But Great point Why do you have So let me tell you what the best of had on it Because that yeah. might help you a bit right um, So the best of Like I said was released a year before the songs Sit Down Obviously Now Sit Down Was released in 1991 Did you know that? Yeah Do you know why? Because it reminds me of school discos See Because I... at the school disco Everybody would sit down Well that still happens in pubs And I hated it then And I hate it now I remember being in our local nightclub And it would be the One of the last songs played When everyone is hammered Dance floor is manky, chewing gum, booze, you name it on the ground, and people would sit down on it. And I'd be like, what are you doing? Now, this is what we talked about, I think a couple of episodes, where one song, unfortunately, takes you away from the band. Right? We talked about the Boo Radleys and Wake Up, Do Not Sing It. Right? So, um, I think if there's a song you don't like about a band, you stay away from the band in general. Right? And so James, for me... Never came onto the radar because of that song. Yep, okay. Um, Did you know they released it twice? No. 1989 they released it and then they re-released it in 91. Oh, just in case we hadn't had enough. Well, apparently um, the first version was seven minutes long and didn't have the the vocally catch that the second version had. You can't deny that's a hugely popular song. And actually, I listened to it today and I haven't listened to... I listened to the best of today and I haven't... Uh, listened to that side of James for a while, and it wasn't bad. 
Really? Yeah, it's, it doesn't have that same feeling that I did when I heard it all the time ran down my throat. When you actually take a step back and you actually listen to it again, it's actually not bad. So, um, did you know? Did you know that it got re-released again, but in 1998, and it was remixed by who? Uh, I don't think I don't think you were a massive fan of this band, um, Apollo 448. I have no idea. No, Apollo 440. Never heard of them. It rings a bell, but not really. If you, we... got, you got some homework to do. You need to go away and, and find out who they are. Um, they remixed the song. It's actually a pretty good remix. And it got to number seven. So it was released three times. Uh, this was specifically the Apollo 440 remix uh, after the best of, and it got to number seven. So, I mean, pretty much that song was there the whole decade, when you think about it. It was there at the start and yeah. it was there at the end. That's horrible. Um, Alright, so why not Whiplash? I think because this album is... The songs on this album are a lot deeper, a lot less poppy, a lot less catchy. And the songs, some of the songs are just gorgeous. Like, absolutely anthems that, for me, I would sing for days and days and days after it. And I listened to it several times today. I, I actually genuinely really like this album. Yeah, I do too. Okay. Any, any songs that sort of catch your ear and you just go back to over and over? What, and James in general or this album? Well, actually, yeah. This, what about what, you know, we talked about I some really of the best I really do like the song Laid. That's right, yeah. There was uh, Say Something, Laid, Born of Frustration, Tomorrow. Laid is a good song. So the best of is actually really good songs. Um, just they're not as deep as this album, I feel. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, all right, so also... This album followed a solo album by Tim Booth. So not only has he done this massive catalogue of albums with James, he's gone off and done some side stuff. Now, the interesting part about this is it had Bernard Butler on guitar, right? Now, Why? Yeah, I know. So already that sparked her interest. So it's uh, a partnership between Tim Booth and a composer called uh, Angelo Budalentia. I am definitely not saying that right. Uh, he wrote the score to Blue Velvet and Twin Peaks, hugely popular um, soundtrack composer. And the two of them... Have you seen Blue Velvet? No. Have you? Yeah. Uh, You'd hate it. Arty, it's one of the it... films that you would assume that I would like. Okay. And you'd hate. Is it arty farty? It doesn't have a monster in it. I'm not interested. It doesn't have an alien. Not interested. Yeah, see. Does it, have a, does it have a giant robot? doesn't have any robots in it. It's about people and it's about the human... About the human nature, about relationships, um, who's human psyche. It? Who's, it? who's in it? Um, you hate that... it. You hate it. Well, who's in it? People. Just people. Brilliant, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens, eh? Um, all right, so. Oh. I, no, I've never seen that. I never watched. I tried to watch Twin Peaks as well, and I couldn't, I couldn't do that either. Um, so. But anyway, the two of them got together and they made this, this separate uh, album. Um, when I saw about it and I saw that Bernard Butler was, was on guitar, I was really excited because I thought we'd get that, you know, that raw uh, brilliance of Bernard Butler on guitar. Mm. It doesn't have that. Um, it's okay, but it didn't stand out. And I think that with Bernard Butler on guitar, it should be a bit more punchy, but it didn't. Anyway, so he's been doing heaps of other stuff. 
Um, I have a quote from one of the three dot com. Uh, press reaction to the album was again mixed. It was either loved or loathed. Q described the album as one of the best of the 90s and Melody Maker bemoaned the fact that the success of the best of album meant that James would be around forever. The main criticism appeared to be that the album was overproduced in the quest for perfection, losing some of the band's intimacy in the process. Hmm. It's a, yeah, it stood out to me because I went, I kind of get that, but I'm on the other side of the fence. I really like the album and I can see why some people don't. Um, did you sort of find out uh, anything in your homework? I did my homework. You told me to listen to Paul Draper. That's true. And I did ask you to delve into to politics a bit more. Which done all done. my homework. To be fair, I really enjoyed researching James because, again, I don't know that much about them. Um, I The singles, let's talk about the singles. Mm. Uh, I Know What I'm Here For uh, went to number 22. Love that song. Have you seen the video? No. Okay. It's bad. Oh. Right? Um, so I've wrote, and I'm trying not to be negative. Uh, wow. Horrendous. It's kind of like Cube the movie. Do you know what that is? No. Oh, I'm not surprised you don't, uh, considering my movie taste that we just 100%. went through. 100%. I love the movie called Cube. Brilliant movie. It's kind of like that. They're in this like special effects uh, cube that constantly changes shapes. And it pops up women and they do a little dance and then they're 3D and it's really... So what I've put, it kind of looks like Cube the Movie but done on a PlayStation 1. With lots, <laughs> with lots of dancers, it looks horrible and it's actually kind of unsettling. Like actually I was watching it and it was actually making me queasy watching this movie because like this, this song, because it's just all over the place. Um, I've wrote, it's a great song though, but I urge anyone who hasn't seen that video to go and watch it. It's the most 90s video I've ever seen, right? I'm going to watch it. Yeah, let's watch it after this yeah. and, and uh, see what you think. It's just bizarre. Um, I think someone went, let's do the most technically proficient video we've ever done. And you know how things don't age that well now? Yep, yep. You know? Um, just like Fred Astaire, number 17. Mm. Gorgeous song. Uh, God, And this is what a change it was from I Know What I'm Here For because the video is... And I think I spoke to you in the middle of the week about this. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, they hire out, and I think it's the Brighton, uh, a pier in Brighton that's kind of run down um, and derelict. They hire the whole thing out. Um, and at the start of the video, you see Tim Booth getting hit by a car. And they're trying to resuscitate him and bring him back to life. And obviously, he goes back to a previous memory of him roller skating on the pier with an old girlfriend. And then it cuts Aww. to them. It's beautiful. And then it cuts to them playing inside one of the piers, the structures. And it ends. And you don't know whether he lives or dies. Like you just, it just, you see him getting wheeled into the I mean, It just, it's a wonderful song. It's a great video. I, brilliant fan. Like, I, I loved it. I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Yeah, you're getting teary again. Getting teary. Uh, we're going to miss you. Again, one of my favourites. Number 48. What about the, the, the we're gonna okay. miss you let's, when you're gone? You don't like just, that? Let's pause again. So you just read out to me what was the top ten. Oh, singles. good point, good point, yeah. Um, I thought you were going to come at me, but actually it sounds like you're maybe going to defend me a bit. I'm going to defend you. Yes. Anyone who would buy I'm Blue, da da dee, da da da. I don't think I would. It's probably not going to buy that. No, 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 no. So 
this was like a few, like we spoke about this earlier on in the podcast, you can see that we're getting towards the end of the Britpop reign, if you want to call it a reign. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we're now getting to a point where that is the kind of music that's coming out. That's true. That top ten for me was a... It actually knocked, it knocked me a bit in terms of fact... <laughs> Like I'm still like I feel like I'm still reeling, <laughs> um, because the top tens we've been talking about. Oh, what was number one album then? Never mind by Nirvana. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. What was this album? Oh, was it really? And now we're going about. Shania Twain. What is that? Yeah. And all that's happened is four years. I'm going to have to find out what was going on at that particular <laughs> time. <laughs> Back to politics. Because not even politics, but why? Like, I need to know what's going on. Like, what's the if why? You, if you can, I tell you what, I would love for you to do is find out why the boy band, girl band, that because that dominated the charts towards the end of the nineties. What happened? What is? Was it the success of? Would take that the first band, and then it just was like boys on. Who the hell was the rest? But Take That were out if they were out at the beginning because I mean I had to take that album the very very first one Take That and Party and yeah and I was young because I, I don't even I didn't have it on CD but I got it on tape and my mum gave me it for Christmas right so right. it must have been family friendly so oh yeah absolutely that, and that was a long time ago so I don't I really don't know why it, maybe it's an age thing maybe it's because the people who were buying Britpop were getting older and they were listening to other things I don't know. Why isn't Robbie Williams in this list? <laughs> Life through a lens could be argued. I wouldn't win that, and we're going to keep it out based on that look you give me. I can't. Me. I, what is that? All right, okay, I get it. I'm taking it out. It's not going to be in there, but it would have given me a chance to talk about take that. Oh. Not the early stuff, the new stuff. We could have gone down that. Can we edit this out? No, Can I'm, I leaving edit it in. This? I'm leaving it in. It's good. It's good content. All right, so uh, I was talking about um, we're going to miss you. And then you went off on a rant again about the charts. No, because you said about his chart position. Because that's a gorgeous song. That's what I mean. And that's, that chorus stays in your head for ages. I know, because I'd wake up in the middle of the night with it going off in my head. Um, the video is very weird. Um, starts off with them being hypnotised. He walks into a community hall, I think, where the rest of the band are. And they start doing really weird stuff together. I'm not sure if they've all been hypnotised. or It's just a weird, weird album. If anyone can explain what that's about, send it to me. It's just bizarre. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the let's talk about the actual album. Uh, so there are 12 tracks. Strangers not a single? Strangers wasn't a... Str- uh, no. It surprises me. I love that. Uh, yeah, I wrote Gorgeous, actually. So let's get into the actual album. Uh, let's play you some of the songs. Um, I don't really... It starts off with Crash. Um, I don't really want to no. play that. No, okay, cool. What was Pass your on, on that. that. Didn't really like it. In fact, because I hadn't listened to this album for so long, and you were like, you've got to go listen to James, then I put that album on, and that was the first track. It's a bad track, and I was eh? like, oh! And I was like, this is going to be a long 50 minutes. Yep, got And it. then, boom, the second track is Fred Astaire. Yep, And I went, oh, back in the room. I agree. That's so annoying. I, yeah, this is weird. I don't like is, it. So is, it's making this, me uneasy. This agreement. I know. So I have put. I like this. I like it. The it kicks off really nicely. I like this till the actual chorus kicks in when they start singing "Crash." Made me want to run away and end the album. Yes, it does. A hundred percent, it it's, did. And, and I was but, like, "What? Am I listening to this?" But it sticks out like a sore thumb. Get it off the album, right? And start with just like Fred Astaire. You've got yourself a great start to the album. So I'd like to then. 
hark back to your criteria <laughs> of what makes a great no, pop album and a great first track it does and a banging last track but if you and I okay so I've got both on that right but this first song Crash starts off really really well until the chorus and actually genuinely I go this is nice and then that kicks in and I just go I can't I can't be doing this nah. Um, so we're not going to play that because it's not I don't think it's worth playing it's it's not our favourite song however just like Fred Astaire quite simply this is an, a gorgeous song with a gorgeous video um, this is what it sounds like Number three. Do you want to add anything about Fred Astaire? I'm just jumping past it. I think we've said it all. But it's... no, we've said it all. I think it's one of the strongest songs on the album. Yep. Um, yep. And do you know what I'm really pleased about? Go on. Had that not been the second track on the album, you would have stopped. I'd have been like that. Not four out of five. Get off. Four out of five. That's. Good. I would have just no, as in a oh, four or a five. Like four point five. Sorry. <laughs> get off. I would have been like that. This is just like I would have struggled with the album, but yeah. that came on and I was like that. Whoa. Can you like? Anyone listening to this, can you can you let me know what you think of that song? Do you think... Because we... I'd, I'd cull it. I'd get it off the album completely. Um, how does everyone else feel about this? I reckon start the album with just like Fred Astaire. Oh, just like you. Straight in. And you've got yourself a great introduction yeah. song. Uh, uh, I know what I'm here for. I really like this. It's a nice, fun, fun mm, song. Love it. Here it is. Number four, shooting my mouth off. I like this. Uh, apparently, it's not on all album versions, um, so I don't get really why it's left out. I don't think it's as good as the the last. No, it's songs. okay. It's not bad. All right, should we get onto my favourite, which Go is on. "We're Going to Miss You"? Yeah. I absolutely love this song. Yeah, me too. Um, and. I'm just going to play everyone the chorus because if you get this, this is going to be stuck in your head for days. This is it. I, like I said, can't talk highly enough about this song. All right, good. Uh, We keep agreeing. Yeah, we do. On this one, and this is, again... But I think it comes back to that first episode where I asked you what surprised you and you said James and specifically this album. Yeah, that's and right. that's exactly yeah. how I felt. Um, after We're Going to Miss You, we've got Strangers. You like Strangers. Love that. Okay. Uh, here's a bit of, of uh, Strangers. Gorgeous. Uh, the next is is hello, uh, and again it's a, it's another another lovely song. Here's about that. Hello, it's over. Hello, it's over. Now, now we're back. This is the bit I start to get a little bit lost in the album. Did you did you sort of feel the same going into Afro Lover? Horrible song. <laughs> Not one out of ten. I've put. It's a bit weird. Oh, it's just 
Yeah, it's a bit dancey. It's a bit weird. I like the vocal. I like the chorus, but it's just—it's a bit out of place because you've had. It's filler. It's like they thought to themselves, "Oh, we can't have an album with X amount of songs. We need another one." I'll put that. What they've done is they've listened to your first episode where you've said the perfect album should be twelve tracks, and they've gone, "We can't go out there with just ten Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to play you Afro Lover. No. Um, I'm not going to play you Surprise, which I actually didn't mind Surprise. I just don't think it's, it's a standout. No, it's not. Um, Dumb Jam, track number 10. Again, I've put nice punchy, punchy intro. It's, it's good, not great. Now, what do you think about track 11, which is Someone's Got It In For Me? Oh, I can see. Uh, well, if I'm honest. Yeah, go on. I didn't mind it. Oh, that's better than what I thought you were going to go with. Like it's oh, compared to Afro Lover, like that's it, weird. That's weird, right? It's not. Look, like, it's not my favourite track. It's not. It's not great. I didn't mind it. Like, I, it's got. Um, it's not that catchy, but it's not offensive. Like, I, I kind of like. Um, what do I like about it? Let me think. What I actually do like about it. Can I? T- can I tell you why? And maybe this will spark yeah. you. I've gone brilliant. This is my big number ending song. And I didn't use my word that I always like to use. But it's a great... I feel it's a great end to the album. Um, it just builds up and builds up. And it's just gorgeous. I don't think it is though. Like I like it. You just don't... But I don't get it as the big ending. Oh, okay, I liked it. I think on this album it works. Um, but you keep saying that on this album. It should be the track that you go... Poof. I liked it though. That's what I'm saying. Um, it doesn't end on that. So, uh, let me play you Someone's Got It In For Me, so you can hear it first of all. But it doesn't end on that. When you think the album's ending, it's not. It actually ends on uh, Vervacious. Um, And I was like, this is a bit weird. Uh, for three minutes I was like please don't end on this album but it actually builds up again and it actually ends quite well um, so I'm actually really happy with the last two tracks I'll play Vervacious to, to take us out on the podcast later um, I, it's weird when you, when you sort of look at this album and you go if I would take a couple of those songs I would lose Crash Afro Lover for sure I would take out uh, Afro Lover and then, then you're not a big fan of Vervacious either I'd, I'd keep that in I think that's right. You? Yeah, I'd leave it. Mm. Um, you've got ten tracks, <sighs> and is that is the ten tracks enough for an album? And that's maybe why they did the filler. But lose those two tracks, I think you've got a great album. Um, can I read you a review? Right? Yeah, um, review time. I like review. Time. Review time. Right? We don't have fancy jingle for this. Apparently, we do. All right. So, enemy. Right now, I don't know in your research. Enemy, I find to be extremely negative. Every time I read a review... It's like I wrote it. Basically, yes. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but they, they are really, really harsh. I find uh, Q, Uncut, Melody Maker, all... Okay, very positive. The Enemy, every article I read from them is extremely negative about some of the albums. Anyway, let me read you this and let's see what you say, right? The problems of mediocrity face uh, all who encounter James. Do you pity or scorn them, <laughs> accept or ignore them, 
essentially, do you put up with yet another album that sounds identical to all the others because just bless, bless their souls. They mean well and always have a nice chorus and that Tim Booth dances so nicely. Though he looks like he could do it with a heart, he looks though he looks like he could do it with a hearty meal. The poor lad. Well, do you? Because here's another, and let's face it, you know exactly how it's going to sound from start to unspectacular finish. Despite an impressively prolific 16-year career, James remain eternal, tedious underachievers. Come on. I have to agree with a bit of this, right? What do you agree with in that? That is a point. It gave him two out of five, this album. Okay, so I don't agree with the rating for the album. I agree with the sentiment around James. Because when we were... No. Go on. Because when we were first going through this exercise, and you told me the bands and the albums, and I was like, oh, if I have to listen to James, it's all the same, it's mediocre. I understand it. So I think to myself... I don't agree with what they said about this album because I genuinely like it. I feel it stands alone. James in general, though, they never get to the heights of what everybody goes on about them. When you talk about Britpop, people will say, oh, James. They get mentioned a lot. It's like everybody's best friend, apparently. (laughs) But it's like this person that you're not that particularly fond of. Everybody's friends with them, but you're not going to invite them round for dinner. It's that person. Wow. Wow, that's harsh. But it is. You did write for the enemy. Are you sure you didn't write no, this? No, but it is. That's what reminds me. It's like um, it's <clears> that James is a nice guy. Everybody likes James, but you're not going to ring him. You're not going to invite him to your birthday. You're not going to cook him dinner, right? And it's that. That's what I've always thought. I've always thought that about them. They've got great career. Yes, they've had some hits. But they've never hit the dizzy heights of other bands. They've never had that album. That they, they haven't had a, There's no an urban the Benz. Not an Urban Hymns, a different agree. class. They haven't had that. I understand that point. Right? That's all I agree and even, with. Even then, to, to this point, I would say this is as close as they're going to get when I listen to all their albums. Right, so this is as close as they're going to get, and they're number 48. Yeah, because... That's my point. They would have been higher had it not been for some of the songs. But I think that's some but of that is my really, point. really harsh. So we like this album, but I'm not raving about it. I'm not like this is the best album I've ever heard. So I'll so I'll stand up to NME and I'll say that upsets me that article because you're saying that every other James album is the same, and that's just what you expect. This is the album that changed my opinion. I James. agree with that. That's and what so I don't for agree him with. To you know, paint them with the same brush as maybe their previous albums. Get stuffed, mate. But that's what, yeah. And that's what I don't agree. But the sentiment around James, I, yeah. I do. Okay. Can I give you some good stuff? Because that was, I'll always pick sort of one negative. That was the most cutting I saw by Enemy. Uh, Q Magazine. So you got, like I said, Q and Enemy. While musically different, a similar burning sense of an idea whose time has come runs through Park Life, Urban Hymns, Everything Must Go, OK Computer, and What's the Story, Morning Glory. These are the albums that, if there's any justice, millionaires will be cited against when the great British rock records of this decade are counted. That's a nice quote, isn't it? Should it be up there? You can't have it up there with some of the songs we just No, you can't. You can have it number 48 in the best of British rip-pop chart like we have. Yep. And it's a nice album. <coughs> um, and it's the best James album by far, as we've discussed. But that's hectic. We don't know what they're thinking. Um, I'll read one more and then we'll, we'll clock on out of here, right? Uh... This was a person on Amazon, gave it 5 out of 5. Um, this album's simply amazing. Tim Booth has once again shown us why he's the most charismatic lead singer in music today. This disc is so addictive that you will find yourself just listening to it over and over again. You should be singing it along uh, by at least the third time through. 
just like Fred Astaire has to be one of the most beautiful sounding songs written in the past decade. It's brilliant, as is the entire disc, especially the first eight tracks. This is a must own. So even this exactly person, the first eight, they can go, get rid of the bottom ones. Get rid of this, and, and like I said, vivacious and. So this person still loves the album, but I agree with their their commentary. Um, Ratings. What did you give? I gave it actually. You gave it seven, right? And I gave it seven and a half. Oh, that's the closest we've been so far. Yeah, it is. Um, I've put some amazing songs in here. I think a factor of how surprisingly good this album is is for really this is a band I didn't really like. Um, we weren't James fans. Fan. We weren't James fans. This rating will throw people and why this album overlaid or whiplash. However, in my opinion, I like this better. And I agree. All right. Have you ever seen James? No. I'd, yeah, I'd love to see James, actually. I'd, I'd love to, to go and see them because you'd have fun. You'd have a few beers and you'd have a good laugh. Yeah. And then everyone would sit down for the sit-down zone. And then I'd leave. <laughs> I'd go to the bar. Um, all right. So where are James now? They are very active on Twitter. They are at We Are James. They are touring. Ah! Oh! Oh no, I've got that confused. I was like, they're touring, but they're actually touring. Uh, they've done a bit this year. They're no, touring. they're here this year. What, when? They're at the end more because a friend of mine asked me for it to go, and this is before we're doing all this. And I was like, that nah. Nah, we'll go. We'll go. Um, they are actually well, playing. Let me just tell you now. They're touring the UK. Um, their website is wearejames.com. All the dates are on there. It's a really good website. Uh, they're touring uh, in the UK in March. They're playing the Royal Albert Hall. On March the 19th Which stood out to me That's That shows they're still a big band um, Go to the belt, Go to the um, Go to Amazon Buy their uh, New album uh, Go to Amazon You can buy uh, This album For Fiverr On Amazon uh, It's on Spotify as well uh, One website I have to thoroughly recommend If you're a James fan Is one of the three It literally Is Everything you want to know About James is on there Every single little detail, go to that website, one of the three.com. Fantastic. Right, while you're searching that, do you want to know what the next album is? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, this is your part where you guess it. All right, so we're at number 48. Right. Oh, no, we're at number 47. We just did 48. Number 47. So I think it's going to be one of those tire kicking bands like. Um, tire kicking bands? Well, one of the ones that be the pop. Like. Uh, I keep wanting to say super funny and super super that grass. Was, that was who you said last no, time. No, that's what I'm super grass. It's not super grass. Mm. But it does begin with an S. Oh. And Stereophonics? No. Because that's low if it is, if it's what I'm thinking the album. Okay. Uh I can tell you right now, people are gonna get really angry over this one. Oh, I know who it is then. We just keep on it's rolling. Suede. It's suede. <laughs> First album? Uh suede suede. Suede suede. Uh, probably, and people will sort of have their own opinions on. It's kind of like James. I feel like so many albums by the band, everyone sort of has their pick of the favourite. Uh, we've picked this one. Well, this one's number forty-seven. I don't know where Dogman Star goes, but in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about Swede's uh, album. It has some. I can't massive, wait to talk about Swede. I can't wait. Because oh. I have, I am very, I have a lot to say about Suede. Oh, I'm, I'm really happy about that because Suede, and I've got to be honest, they are probably just like James, weren't on my radar until Bernard Butler became a solo artist. 
Um, and he did McCalman and Butler and then his own stuff. They were on my radar and I never got it and I could never understand why everybody was banging on about banging them. on about them and they were the beginning like they began oh they started off Britpop. Did they start they Britpop players? Apparently according to a million other people and there is a lot of like yeah, I just I really wanna dig deeper into this. Okay. Um I'm not surprised well, I'm not surprised it's in the top fifty, but I was surprised at actually how much I didn't mind this album at a second listen. So, okay, okay. Um, hadn't listened to it for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I think back then I would get blinded a lot. I'd just be like, "That well, it's not blur, it's not Oasis, it's not whatever." That's true. And I'd go blinkers on, yeah. Um, and now listening to it again, it reminded me that we'll talk about it. But Animal Nitrate for me is an amazing song. Yep. And then when I, it reminded me of how talented Suede are. Yep. Are they my particular favourites? Did they start Britpop? That's what I'm going to talk about in next week's episode. I think we're both on the same page here with, with Suede. So 2019, this, what's this, in the... This could be an agreeable episode because I think we're both on the same page with Suede. Um, I'm excited that you're excited about this. No, I am. I'm really excited by this. All right. So uh, next week we will catch up. We'll go through Suede, Suede. If that... So two things... Send us all your opinions on this episode and this album of James. If you thought we're barking up the wrong tree and we've missed a treat with one of the albums, please let us know and what it means to you. If you think we're right, we want to hear that. Uh, we love this album. Uh, and then talk to us about Suede, uh, what this album means to you. It's also got the Drowners uh, on it, which we talked in episode one is the whole thing that apparently kicked off Britpop and then you sure, went on your 20 sure. minute round. And I'll go on another one. So <laughs> I hope everybody makes plenty of time for uh, next uh, week's episode. Put the kettle on, settle back in, here I go. Take some paracetamol for that <laughs> right um, Alright, so Twitter at Britpop Banter and Facebook as well. Email BritpopBanter at gmail.com Questions, feedback, send it all through. Uh, welcome to 2019. Happy New Year everyone. Thank you so much. This, is, uh, this has been another good one. I like this. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, Les, we'll see you later. See you later. Bye. Bye.